Did you know that Positive Birth Australia has now ventured into the world of birth pool hire? For those of you in Australia planning a home birth or considering laboring at home before jetting off to the hospital, we've got something special for you. Click the link in our show notes to express your interest in hiring one of our beautifully designed, aesthetically pleasing birth pools. Currently, we have on offer two stunning colors with more amazing shades on the way to our shores soon. It's time to move beyond the commonly used stark blue birth pool and embrace natural calming elegance. We are so excited to see our PBA birth pool supporting you in your birth space. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Are you pregnant or newly postpartum? then this is for you. Postpartum Embodied is an online fourth trimester preparation course to ease your transition into motherhood. Created by the wonderful Monique Peters, who is the co-founder of Women's Health Clinic, Maya Mothers Collective. Mon has teamed up with five other experienced postpartum health professionals to bring you this incredible course that will help you prepare for the most nourishing postpartum possible. With over 45 online videos, you can either watch via an app, on your phone, or listen to whenever convenient. It brings you the invaluable knowledge of an international board certified lactation consultant, postpartum doula, holistic sleep expert, psychologist, and nutritionist. This course offers over 25 breastfeeding videos, information on biologically normal infant sleep, the mother's mental load, relationship changes, how to set boundaries with friends and family, and all the nutrition info you need to thrive, not just survive your postpartum. Plus, so much more. But not only that, it includes access to a private community of like-minded women who are either pregnant or newly postpartum. Many women prepare for birth, but don't really put much thought into what happens afterwards. And we know that winging postpartum will not set you up for success. Having a plan, boundaries and support is what will contribute to a positive fourth stage. Guys, this is truly something I wish I had for my own postpartum. The course intake opens on April 20th and will be open for enrollment for seven days only. Mon has given me a code for my PBA listeners. It is simply PBA for a discount off the course. Don't miss out on this incredible offering and plan for your postpartum like you would plan for your birth. All right, guys, let's get into the show. considered working in the birth space as a doula well today's episode is filled with wise woman energy featuring megan amore from a place called birth sharing her 20 plus years of experience as a doula and hypnobirthing childbirth educator megan began her journey as a maiden in the birth space supporting her closest friends bringing the energy of a sacred doula before she even knew the meaning of the word Entering her own rite of passage, she was left feeling unsupported and traumatized by her experience. 
It was a suggestion made by her client to birth at home that awakened her trust in undisturbed birth, a trust that guided her to have two healing and transformative births in the safety of her most familiar space. Over time, Megan's passion for supporting and educating women on their journey slowly manifested into creating a community of doulas, using her wealth of knowledge to create sacred doula training, a program to pass down her wisdom and guide her students with tools and skills needed to support families during their most transitional time in life. Today, Megan shares personal experiences over her many years working in the birth space and answers the common questions about life as a doula. Enjoy the episode. Megan, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Sky. It's really exciting to be here. Um, Finally, I'm on a podcast. Super cool. (laughs) To start off today, could you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, no worries, honey. Um, Okay, so I live in Eleanora on the Gold Coast. Um, My business is based in Corumban on Corumban Creek Road, beautiful old little Queenslander. Um, Yeah, that's called The Lighthouse. And I'm married to an amazing man, Ben. We've been together coming on 21 years. Um. Yeah, he certainly played a part in a very healing birth for me, for my second birth. Um, yeah, bless his heart. So my firstborn, Liam, is 26, and he has a beautiful boy who's eight this year, eight in May. He's, his name's Luca. Oh, beautiful. So, yeah, we have a, a little Luca together, don't we? You have a Luca. Yeah, my boy twin is Luca. Yeah, and spelt the same way, L-U-C-A. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah, so I became a well he calls me nana um eight years ago so i was 42 okay so you're a very young nana very young. i mean i'm like four years off 40 so for me that's yeah. you know <laughs> a while away <laughs> not happening yeah but yeah, that's yeah. awesome so good so good um then my second born bella she's actually um oh. 18 at the moment and she's also with child so we have another grandson on the way oh gorgeous yeah a baby boy um so she'll be birthing him this may ish and she'll be close to 19 so she is so excited i bet amazing so because you are you know you're a doula yourself and you do such incredible work in the birth space which your daughter would obviously be exposed to all the time (laughs) what path is she taking when it comes to giving birth to her baby obviously if you don't mind sharing that oh my gosh i absolutely don't mind sharing and it's something that her and I are organising to share on my Instagram feed. So there'll be oh, lots nice. more coming through. Um, yeah, I, honestly, for the last few days I've been saying to her, I get permission for everything, every mm. photo. Um, I probably care about that more than she does. So I've put a few photos up of her bump and of us doing this and, and that, but only a few. But I'm just about to actually do quite a bit with her on my feed because – it's interesting. It's important. It's she's well. People think she's young. She's actually mentally around about. I'm going to put her at 25, 26. Yeah, nice. She's a little mama already. I call her little mama at home. She is so excited for this. And we just did our first little sit down. Um, me and her and her partner. 
little sit-down education on Sunday out the front. We had a picnic and um, I went through lots of things and I'm giving it all back to them. So that's such a good question, Sky, but it's a huge question. Yeah. She has learned so much by having a doula mum. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> and already is moving down the path of making all her own choices. And she, when she came to Ben and I um, and said, that she's pregnant, my, first thing my husband said was, like, I knew it. He's super really? psychic, actually. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, <laughs> he's, yeah, we weren't surprised. Okay. Yeah. So we got over a few initial hurdles um, as, you know, with just with her age, but then it was like, you know what, I think it really matters. Mm. And then we've allowed, I've allowed her just to come to me with all the questions, and that's what's empowering. Yeah. That as well as I don't have time to sit and bombard her with a heap of stuff, come to hypnobirthing <laughs> or come to the private, uh, do a private session with me or let me, you know, let me just answer all your questions because then it'll land for you and then you'll, she'll start creating her birth. Hmm. But I'm so happy to come back to that question a bit more if you like. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and then our youngest is Millie and she's 16 and she's our, you know, the black sheep of the fam. Which is what I was, which we totally celebrate. My husband and I are both black sheeps of fams. So um, we celebrate that for Millie and just try and hold her as best we can. Um, you know, in school, she's in year 11 and she's also had struggles with school. But, yeah, again, gosh, that's a whole other podcast, that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Bella, Millie and Liam and um, grandson Luca and then our baby boy on the way. And what do I do? I'm a doula. Oh, my God. I've been a doula for 28 years. Oh, wow. 28 years. That's longer <laughs> than what you've been with your hubby. Yeah. So what was your first experience in the birth space? Yeah, longer. Yep, definitely. So um, I my first birth I witnessed, I was around 21 and um, it was my girlfriend, Kerry, and we've known each other since we were toddlers and she wanted to have a baby uh, she felt pregnant, surprised pregnancy, but really welcomed pregnancy with her guy. Um, and that happened. She had her baby at the old Gold Coast Hospital. Okay. It's not there anymore. Um, it was an induction due to dates. Um, we were none the wiser. I went in. <laughs> oh, my God. She had her baby on a stainless steel table in a hospital gown wow. on her back. Like it was your classic this is how you don't have a baby. Yeah. Yeah, and she she had a little bit of regret over the years of saying yes to that induction. So that was interesting for her because her and her guy had another babe 12 years later. Yeah, she's 16 now. And um, first thing Kerry wasn't going to do is be induced. So she went down the natural route, you know, did a lot of work with a naturopath. And, um, yeah, it's an interesting topic because – if I fine-tune it, she was very impatient about the baby coming, which can cause a lot of unnecessary intervention, the mama. Yeah. You know, we can't always blame the system, can we, unfortunately? Yeah, true. Yeah, but that's, you know, a question we can also get back to. But um, I've been teaching hypnobirthing for seven years and it's, um, yeah, gosh, I, I think hypnobirthing can get put in a box a little bit. Um it's a weird word. Yeah. <laughs> when you start going into hypnobirthing week one, week two, or reading about it, it makes so much sense that it's just 
techniques to help you deeply relax so your endorphins can rise. And when your endorphins rise and you're focusing on that and positive affirmations, you're going to use endorphins as your pain blocks because they're the chemicals that are there for you to use. And I've seen it many times. Women are loving and enjoying their birth because they're riding on a high, you know. So how do you get to that? Well, hypnobirthing's one avenue, you know. It's a beautiful avenue. Um, yeah, I've witnessed orgasmic births. Um, so that, again, that's that mindset shift. And I feel like hypnobirthing's a beautiful platform and an invitation for you to connect back in with your true essence and yourself and that empowered feminine energy, that empowered woman that's already there, you know. It's a catalyst for going, oh, yeah, actually, I'm really fucking amazing and I'm strong and I can do this. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, plus you're around other people and I try and be as inspiring as possible and I can share all my birth experience. We watch videos, so that. And I've been massaging and doing hands-on healing and yeah since I was 16 so I've always fallen back to that yeah okay so you said you witnessed your first birth at 21 was that the catalyst for you to sort of head down this path to become a doula yeah I guess it was because then all my other friends were having babies they were a bit older than that particular um, friend so you know the 26 27 and I just started going to births from my friends okay I didn't even know the word doula existed. I was just being a doula. And that is essentially what a doula is. Your sister, your your friend, your, um, your auntie or that person that you feel so safe with and you connect with and they've got that energy to hold you. Yeah, so it was um, a catalyst for sure. I definitely realised that it was – I was witnessing an absolute miracle. Yeah. And that it was a full privilege to be in that space. So, wow, I definitely have never taken that lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, like I was obviously in hospital space. I started seeing quite a bit of intervention and obviously that wasn't amazing. Um, Can I ask, was there ever in that period of time, because obviously there's a lot more knowledge and you yourself yeah. would have you know, a wealth of knowledge around the system and how it works, yeah. but back then not knowing as much, was there ever a moment that you were like, hang on, this doesn't actually look or feel right? Or was it just something that kind of slowly unraveled for you? Such a good question because I was, it was slowly unfolding for me mm-hmm. because of where I was at as a woman. And I, I was a maiden in the birth space for quite a while, which is a beautiful energy to bring always. Yeah, um, like untamed and it's not, affected by maybe your own birth experiences or or your own maybe trauma but you know of course that's not to say if you have had a birth experience that is an amazing you're not going to be a better doula mm-hmm. you know so yeah um so I started witnessing the births and then um lots of different ones and yeah I guess for me I wanted to prevent birth trauma as much as I could that was probably the main catalyst for me I feel like it's up to the woman when she is with child as to what she allows herself to see Mm -hmm. when she's in that preparation phase like how honest is she going to be with herself is she going to align with a care provider to help her birth that is fully in alignment with her 
or is she even in alignment with herself? Take the time to feel what is right for her and where she wants to be, how she wants to feel in labour. Yeah, getting in alignment with that that birthing team is definitely a beautiful path to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hesitating in my wording because I I'm free births is just so common right now and so beautiful, and in my world so welcomed. You know, for some women, not having a medical trained person is their best pathway just a doula you know or just their family so that's interesting I do I do love that aspect yeah yeah and are you still supporting mamas in the birth space in a hospital setting or I had a year off okay last year yeah and I'm pretty open if you do know me uh well there's no smoke and mirrors with me um I did witness a couple of births fairly back-to-back that were just, they went out of control in the hospital space. And I said, yep, I'm having a break. So I had a year off. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I did six, uh, six home births last year. Oh, beautiful. Oh, they were so nourishing. And, yeah, nothing went in wrong in any of those home births. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the more I'm in the birth space the more I unlearn and really need to support the the care team in helping her basically reclaim her birth it's her birth so no touching and and no checking and no interrupting and let her receive her baby and just really unassisted they're the bomb they're the bomb Mm. That lasts a lifetime and that's so healing for that woman. So, yeah, so um, so to answer your question, honestly, I am actually heading back into the hospital space this year. Okay, awesome. Mm. So, you know, obviously in a hospital there's more drugs on offer, you've got doctors, whereas at home, you know, a physiological birth that's mostly undisturbed is usually the outcome. So do you find that you have to support parents differently in each of those settings or...? Yes and no. Right, okay. So, and this probably is why I've been such a busy doula because when I move into the hospital space with a couple, I'm there for the couple. I'm not there for the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm also, I've never, everyone says to me, how, would, how are you received in the hospital? I'm like, well, in this amount of year, many years, I have actually not ha- ever had an altercation with anybody. Nice. Ever. Not once. That's amazing. Yeah, because I'm, again, I'm there for the couple and I have a voice. And if I'm, as an example, gosh, one midwife left for her tea break uh, with a first-time birthing couple that had also done hypnobirthing with me. And she went for a 10-minute tea break and the midwife, a midwife came in to cover her tea break and... um, this mama had said yes to syntocinin um, or oxytocin. Um, it's not oxytocin. Yeah. yeah. And the midwife that came in to cover that midwife's break actually turned the amount of syntocinin going through up without asking permission. Oh, no. And my mama started having these back-to-back really strong wild surges and I, and in a flash she left, like that 10 minutes was up. And I said to them, I didn't say anything, but I, I 
didn't want to also say this in front of my birthing mum to disrupt her because she was having uh, an induction that she had spent days deciding on and that's what she wanted to do for her own reasons. And I said to the midwife just quietly, I said to my birthing mum, I'm just going to have a chat to the midwife about the last 10 minutes in her break. Is that okay? And she said, yes. And her partner was with her. And I said to her, that midwife that just came in to cover you, turn that syntocin up without asking my mum's permission. And she went, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, she's not a guinea pig. She is not. She's a human being birthing her baby for the very first time under these conditions. This is atrocious. Mm. So she went and and she spoke to my birthing mum and she turned it down and she apologised. And I just said to her at some stage after, I'll be putting a complaint in. And I got that lady's name, that midwife's name. And, yeah, unfortunately, that's just not how you treat a birthing woman. So, so much. She had an amazing birth, if I can just say to you vaginal birth everything that she wanted under her own circumstances you know and if next time if they have another babe she will probably not say no oh yes i'm sorry to an induction under those circumstances yeah you know and we spoke about everything and i did all the um, information and the guidance and she listened to herself you know and that's what she chose but that is not cool yeah absolutely especially not knowing or being told that that's what was happening she would not she did not know but then what was happening in her body was these strong mechanical surges coming faster and stronger Mm -hmm. and then that midwife that came in on the break said to the to our attending midwife oh we need a student to hold these monitors so just the vibe like i've said in my on my socials negative energy is an intervention be mindful of it So things like that. So I I was seeing a little bit too much, hence why I had a break and experienced beautiful home births last year. And, you know, that there was only one home birth where there was a bit of discussion after. And, um, again, I've got to be really mindful that I'm not coming to the birth space with what I see as potentially unnecessary, whereas that particular birthing mum didn't have a problem with what I had witnessed in one particular home birth. Let's put it that way. Okay. So that's there, null and void, done. She hasn't got a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. So at what point on your journey did you discover hypnobirthing? (laughs) (laughs) I had a friend um, that said to me for 10 years, no joke, you should teach hypnobirthing. Oh, my gosh, 10 years. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because she's the the, um, vice president of Hypnobirthing International and we were friends for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, Meg, just, you're a doula. You love this birth. What you should teach this. And I didn't realize how amazing the program was. Mm. I was just busy. I had a job at that time and my kids were young. I was in a full busy mama season, to be honest. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't do that. And what the fuck is it anyway? That sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I so watch. Funny. I don't even know what hypnosis is. <laughs> what the hell are you going to hypnotize me? It's funny to listen to the dads in um, – Week one, when we first sort of meet each other and get to know them, they're like sitting, oh, quite often sitting there going, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a full childbirth education. So as a doula already for a long time, becoming an educator, I learned so much more about the body and the mind and the connection. And I'm like, this is right up my alley. Why didn't you tell me this earlier? And she's like, I told you for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I remember the day I rang Anthea and I said, I'm going to teach hypnobirth. And she goes, yes, okay, finally. So I did my four days training in Brisbane and um, I met some amazing women who I'm still beautiful friends with. And, yeah, gosh, it was best four days of my life, um, one of the best four days of my life. And, yeah, don't look back. I actually have two um, two of my doula students. Um, well, one's a student, one's fully graduated. Um, they've just completed the training. They're, they love it. They're inspired by it because they've done it themselves for their babies. And now they're coming through to teach at the Lighthouse too. So I'm having sort of a little pause on hypnobirthing for me, but I am attending these classes for these um, beautiful educators coming through. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which I'm loving because, I mean, let's face it, I've been pretty busy. Yeah, yeah, because like you said earlier, you're, you also offer doula training. Mm-hmm. Was that a natural progression for you to enter that teaching space? Oh, my gosh, that was a beautiful birth. That was an amazing pregnancy and birth for me, doula yeah. training. Um, been pregnant with that idea for probably a long time, but the last five years it's been knocking at my door so much. And to be honest, I've had to actually get through some blocks and doubt and fears to be able to birth it. It was amazing. So I obviously have done the work and I I, I just got in alignment with this is what I want to do. And, you know, that, that whole transition from working per hour for an hourly rate and showing up so much like I have been, massage, hypnobirthing classes, doulering, um... I needed to shift that a little bit as well. Um, it was it's time for me as a as a woman and as um, in my at my age right now and just to go okay let's move into a bit more of expansion and doula training has definitely gifted me that. Mm-hmm. So March nineteen last year was my first doula training. Um, I had eleven women jump in as soon as I popped the link out. It went crazy. Yeah. I had women waiting. I had quite a few women saying, can you do an internship? Can I just come along with you? I want to learn. I'm not aligned with any other program right now. And I I want a doula training to be a spiritual journey for the students because you cannot do one without the other. Yeah. You know, and I mean, spiritual might not even be someone's word. So, you know, just like a journey into self or self-discovery or let's clear out some bullshit you might have going on if you want to be a doula. Let's put it that way. Mm. You know, and you might you might need to actually clear some pathways in becoming a doula. So the 11 students that um, came in on March 19, 2022 are absolute dear sisters. And some of them are obviously working with me um, and hypnobirthing. I have trained in hypnobirthing and they're already in the birth space. A um, couple of them, four of them have already, already graduated. Um, I think there's about another three coming through. And, yeah, like the the graduation and success rate for them doulering is at 99% completion mm-hmm. right now. Massive. So it's obviously needed and wanted and very welcomed in, in our community and I'm loving it. I, I, have a, I had 13 in the second round of um, training and <laughs> a highlight comes to mind. One of my beautiful students has just free birthed her fourth baby. Oh, wow. Beautiful. She was incredible. Um, first is incredible. time mum or first free birth? Her first free birth, yeah. Right, cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, it really ignited in her during during training that she wanted to just do it her way and in her own space. And 
with her man. Yeah. Yeah. And three women fell pregnant in the last training as well. Oh, how cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no one fell pregnant, well, with a baby in the first training, but it's it's quite renowned that indoor training, you know, our womb space gets a- activated and, you know, some of them have birthed businesses, of course, not, not just uh, little humans. Pretty special. Yeah. So what does the doula training look like for anyone listening that might be interested? It's 12 weeks in person. Okay. Yeah, so it's every Saturday from 9 to 4. It's in depth for 12 consecutive weeks. We do break for two weeks usually with the school holidays because a lot of the students are also mamas um, and have children. Um, but it's so 12 weeks in person with me. Uh, I have a couple of other educators that come in too, um, but I hold them for 12 months. Okay. Yeah, so they actually do three births as a student and I'm on call for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously we do all the training and they're very confident and ready to be in the birth space, but if there are any questions outside that 12 weeks, I, I'm there for them. Yeah, because that's what it's about. It's about sisterhood. Yeah, I love that. And uh, instead, I guess instead of me being on call doing four births a month, I'm I'm on call for my students who are out in the birth space enjoying, you know, listening to their souls calling, wanting to be to become a doula. Beautiful. Do you ever get moments where you just sit back and look at what you've created and get goosebumps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I have those absolute pinch, pinch me moments and I've got to practice what I preach. So I'm all about, you know, lifting people up and women up. So if... If my one of my students, for example, gets her first booking, it's like a full celebration. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in groups. So we chat in main groups and then we're all in individual groups. And then I think some of them have their own little groups as well. Um, yeah, and that, these women, they're catching up. They're getting their kids together. They're, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful sisterhood and community. And that was definitely one of the reasons why I birthed doula training I also couldn't find any doulas to work with oh okay so is that kind of where it stemmed from one aspect yeah so I had a beautiful lady supporting me and backing me when I was literally run off my feet supporting a few years back um and she was amazing and I used her once because I flew out to Bali oh it's about four years ago now and I supported this mama through the day and at midnight I um I handed her over to my backup, whom obviously they'd met and agreed on and everything was fluent. And I flew out to Bali at 3 a.m. I think I left my home at 3 a.m. and got on a flight. So I knew when I was up in the air that my that backup I was using at that time was with her. And she had a beautiful water birth at the birth centre for her first babe. Landed in Bali, turned my phone on and got these amazing pictures of them birth have had this most beautiful birth and they were so grateful to the backup and so I often don't use backups but some of the beautiful doulas in in our community were either not doulering as much as me because they had little babes or were um already had just doing one a month with and that was the balance for their family so they couldn't do any more. So that's just the timing and where it was. So it was obvious to me I needed to create doulas. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. So for anyone listening, considering the life of a doula, could you give us a little insight into what supporting women in the birth space as a doula looks like? Such a great question. And I get asked that a bit. There is Q&As on my uh, website under the um, doula training link. So it's such a good question. It, it's individual. If you want to take on as many births as possible, you're pretty much going to be on call all the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I go on call from 38 weeks and when I was doing four a month, it just felt like this is what I do. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's, I don't really go north much, but um, obviously on the Gold Coast, it's so beautiful. There's amazing spaces here I can be at. Or I'll head down to Byron and I'll let that couple know that, you know, I'm just going to go to Byron, but I'm only 45 minutes away and I, I wouldn't do it if, if she was feeling like she was starting to labour. Yeah, I just stay pretty, well, zen, to be honest. I, I take my own space and um, go into meditation and journaling and might get myself a massage and really nourish myself when I'm on my on-call period. So for for a student, it will be that holding space is being really present. And if you have a family, then you're going to also communicate and set that up with them. So partners of doulas and husbands, etc., very much part of holding the space for the doula and the student doula as well. Yeah, so there's many layers there. If, if, if they have children and they're becoming a doula, it can be a juggle, definitely. Um, but that's also another aspect of the, the doula student and the doula community because one of my students is a single mama and she got called out to a birth at around 6am and her daughter's dad had been there since 3am supporting her in case she had to go and then he had to go to work so one of our her doula sisters um, who has teenage daughters came in to be with her little girl so she could go to the birth space with one of my hypnobirthing couples oh that's so amazing like honestly i don't even know how to put this into words yeah it's such an amazing community and we've got your back so your sisters have your back yeah beautiful you know and that's something that we fully need today we need it you need to women need to know that if they want to become a doula that they're supported and if it's not from their immediate family or maybe their mum my mum supported me a lot when I was on call and my kids were little and of course my husband has always been amazing he's um definitely a doula husband um he's talked about it many times so um that's one aspect of how it will look preparation is really good for them like maybe meals for themselves and the family um if they've got a job and they're becoming a doula um it's always amazing when that job is supporting you in that journey too and you can be flexible Mm -hmm. when i had a job and i was transitioning into self-employment i was blessed because that um that my boss said i could have my phone at on me during you know my shift things like that so yeah just like that support around becoming a birth support person becoming a doula let everyone in your village and your tribe know that this is what it looks like for you yeah okay and do you incorporate a lot of your hypnobirthing into your training or is that a completely separate thing yeah no that's separate I don't know that's on its own you know that's a program that's owned by hypnobirthing international and my doula I talk about it in one of the afternoons um but yeah it's really 
like I think actually five of my students are wanting to become a hypnobirthing practitioner and that's not from me pushing it or selling it or raving on about it it's just that they've seen it and they love it they love what it offers yeah I feel like that's probably the only regret I have with my first birth is not doing a hypnobirthing course because I know it would have changed the whole trajectory of my birth. I know, I know. It's different for everyone and I've always, I'm very trusting in where I land and, and who lands in my space. So I put out what I believe in and love and whoever wants to join me is gonna probably love that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and obviously I want the women in my space that want to be in my space. I just I want to hear from you and I want to teach and educate and empower and support the couples that, you know, want to be with me. Other than that, you're, you know, you, you journey the way you journey and it's not wrong and it's not better um, than what you've just said about your regret. That's, that's your journey, babe. Yeah. And that's okay. There's beautiful lessons in that for you. Totally, yeah. Maybe and maybe listening to your instincts a bit more could just be the lesson, mm. and that's a, and that's beautiful, and you can reflect on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So you can dive into this as much or as little as you want, but with your births as a collective, what were your biggest lessons that you took away from your birth experiences? Yes, thank you so much for asking, bloody hell. Um, yeah, so just that – you just used the word regret. So I regret having my son's – my firstborn, my son's dad in the birth space. I regret that. Okay. And is there a specific reason or – Fuck, waste of total time. <laughs> okay, that's very specific. <laughs> Don't delete that part. <laughs> that's so funny. And oh I've also gosh. supported women who don't have their men in the space. Mm. For various reasons, and it used to really shock me because, like, it's weird because, like, obviously my first birth was 26 years ago and my son's father and I had only known each other 11 months and, yeah, we fell pregnant. So my firstborn is this welcomed surprise baby um, and I love him to death. He's amazing. Um conceived in Ireland in Galway Bay when we were traveling in Europe oh wow cool (laughs) yeah I know right it's a big story but he was just useless okay (laughs) he didn't like okay I'll be super honest here we knew we weren't really going to be together and I have put this in my, my my first birth experience anyway on my own podcast but we knew we were just we were kind of brought together to have a baby and that was so fine we welcomed our this baby and we've parented we parented for 16 years as best we could we were actually only together for not even a year and then we had to obviously navigate that share parenting thing with a, a young child so it, that's a massive story but I didn't take responsibility for my first birth at all I thought being in the birth space a bunch of times was enough doing all the yoga I had done was enough and I'm a woman I can do this that was enough when I when I arrived in labor which was all a spontaneous onset um, my I was in bed and I had packed my bags to leave his dad 
and I turned over in bed and my waters broke. Wow. And off we went and labour hadn't really started straight away so I went to hospital too early. Um, but he never, because we were so disconnected, he never, there was no love. He never touched me, he never hugged me, he never encouraged me, he never said, um, God, you're amazing or you're doing so well, mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. I felt really alone in my first birth, very frightened and um, unsupported. Yeah, okay. That's really harsh. What about your second birth experience, though? That was with your current husband? Yeah, so Liam, my firstborn, he was six when I met Ben. And the story goes, he said to us a few months into dating, you guys are going to have a baby, Liam said this, and it's going to be a girl and her name will be Bella. And we're like, I actually said, oh, my God, Liam, stop it. I really like this guy. Don't freak us out, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Oh, that's so funny. But I look back and he still has premonitions and he's still right. So thank you for that. And then we, yeah, we consciously conceived Bella and, Three years later, and I had had her. She was my healing birth, and obviously Ben held me the whole way, never left my side. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty special. So to all the single mamas out there with kids, your partner <laughs> is out there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about being a mama, and uh, you know, think thinking that no one will have you because you've got a babe, however old. Because far out, my husband took us all on, <laughs> me and my babe, him. His dad was also obviously on the scene because we were share parenting, and yeah, it was it was my husband who's definitely one of a kind. Yeah, he sounds amazing. Yeah. And what about your birth with Millie? So Millie was a really peaceful birth. Um, we consciously conceived her as well, so there was that difference in the conception. It was massive, which played a big part out in the births. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you obviously weren't a hypnobirthing practitioner by then. What were some of the things that you did to get educated around birth? Or was it just simply the fact that you were in the birth space and had that knowledge? Knowledgeable, yeah. So like I said, with my first babe, I didn't take responsibility. I didn't hardly do anything. I I, I assumed I'd be fine. Mm. But the, the team I had and the unsup- I felt so unsupported that – that affected my birth so much. So um, I had uh, I was at Tweed when I birthed Liam, my firstborn, and I had a obstetrician come in because I was inverted commas taking too long. Mm-hmm. And I was look back and I was actually doing really fucking amazing. He did a he asked he he said I'm going to do a vaginal exam, and um, of course that was my consent just by letting him do that. I don't recall what I said. I definitely didn't say no, thank you. So it was a consensual vaginal exam. He manually stretched my cervix without asking me, which when I heard the words obstetric abuse, I thought, "Mm, I think that's what actually happened to me years later, you know. And he manually stretched my cervix and he said, there you go, you're 10 centimetres now. And I screamed. And I just burst into tears and I threatened to punch him in the face if he came near me again. And, yeah, and not one person consoled me or comforted me or said, are you okay or I'm sorry that happened or even spoke to him about you shouldn't do that without letting her know or asking her and just kind of walked out the room. And I just, 
like I just came undone. Mm. I came undone thinking I wasn't doing it right. What was that pain during my very normal, spontaneous, on-set, beautiful textbook labour, to be honest? That's what was happening. Yeah. So, yeah, I came undone. I, it wasn't cool. I ended up having an emergency caesarean, which was not an emergency, and then more trauma. So my son was not with me when he was born. He was um, separated from me for about an hour, and that's something you just never get over. Yeah. Yeah. So with my second babe, um, with my now husband, um, I had a beautiful home birth midwife whom I met because she came to me for a massage and I didn't I had done a few massages with this beautiful lady it's 18 years ago 19 years ago and then she told me she's a midwife I'm like oh my gosh so she was obviously the one so yes yeah, she actually helped me prep through beautiful education in our home my husband and I had lots of sessions with her and she did recommend hypnobirthing, but it didn't gel with me. I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah, just lots of talking, lots of conversation. Um, obviously, I was VBAC mum then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then I had to um, navigate that. We were having a home birth. That was it. wasn't going near anyone <laughs> or doing anything to my body. It was you're staying away from me. Yeah. Did you know anyone at that stage that had birthed at home? No. Okay. No, no, no. So that would have been a massive thing. It was huge. My mum was like not on board. Yeah. But she wasn't on board for any of them but um, supported in her own beautiful way. But that birth part of it wasn't where she wanted to be. My midwife at that time did a six-day sensitive midwifery course at her home so the day I found out I was pregnant because we did contraceptive conceive so we had to wait for that pee on the stick to say the right words <laughs> the day I found out I was I entered her um sensitive midwifery course in her home so I was learning about that was doulering in a way but she called it sensitive midwifery which I loved yeah yeah so um I was learning to support women then as well after already being in the space for that about 26 years so that was really beautiful mm-hmm. but really fun memories of that yeah really fun memories of memories of being with about six women in in that private midwife's home just learning all things birth wow i love that that is so cool i know really cool really really cool and look where that led you <laughs> now look where that led. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really special so i I have um, 35 students in total and four of them have fully graduated and then my next in-person training is starting June the 10th. Amazing. And do they just register on your website? Is that the best place to go? Yes, my love. Thank you. It is. Yeah, it's all on my website. Um, Online doula training is in full swing at the moment and launching soon as possible. Amazing. <laughs> I've got some, yeah, I've got some videography to do and, um, yeah, just a couple more modules to ride and it's all coming together really beautiful. I'm, I'm excited about it. I didn't plan to do online dollar training, but to be honest. It's the way of the world now. 
it's it's pushing me. It's like I've got to listen to it and I've got I do have so many inquiries for it. Mm. So obviously outside of the Gold Coast, which I love. Yeah, I think that's great. The more women Thank you can you. reach the better, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And I'm like I'm learning on the job here with I've never done marketing. I've I've done some business. It's all it's really just me following my guidance. So that's that's also exciting. Yeah, definitely. So unfortunately, we have to wrap up the episode, but what would be your key pieces of advice for any women listening? I know there's heaps, but yeah. your kind of go-to advice for women. Yeah, thanks, babe. A great question because I feel, I mean, again, there's lots of layers of this. It depends what you want. <laughs> so when there's a woman in front of me saying ABC, I, I kind of have this natural ability to advise her in a way that can bring her back to herself so key advice though if we're just talking general is do not say yes to anything that doesn't feel right and this can bring stuff up for people because I quite often get the woman wants to birth at home but the partner doesn't that's a tricky one um I had a cesarean for my first birth so I told her I can only have cesareans now you know, and then there's that whole scope of educating and unlearning around vaginal birth after cesarean. More often than not, they're perfectly safe and normal. Mm-hmm. So I would advise to, yeah, fully educate and align yourself around that. Probably the biggest advice I could give to a woman pregnant and wanting to have an amazing experience is to sit sit in your own self-inquiry and write down what your fears are because they're important they unlock a lot of knowledge and if you've got some trauma or some upset or and this is your first baby and you've got some trauma and some upset from your past finding the right person or if you feel you can do it on your own that's amazing too because some women can um yeah sitting and unlocking those uncomfortable moments uncomfortable memories and un- yeah uncomfortable issues in your life is very is very freeing and can basically clear a pathway for a really beautiful birth experience and we're meant to fully enjoy our births mm. and is that do you say that because when you don't deal with your fears and underlying whatever it will show up in your birth it can show up in birth but i don't feel like women should think oh shit something's going to show up Mm. i've failed or how do i get rid of it before i don't think you can get rid of it before and i think there's a purpose for it yeah okay it's it's unrealistic to think we're going to do hypnobirthing because i'm going to be perfectly clear and ready to birth amazingly i mean i often say in class i wish i had a crystal ball and i told you each i told each of you how your birth's going to go but i don't but the more empowerment and knowledge and understanding you have of yourself and the system and what can happen in birth and what your body's doing to birth your your baby and what your baby's doing to birth your baby, you can to birth itself, I'm sorry, you can really get a grasp on again what you want. And then when birth starts and labor starts, that's where you show up. And if a fear arises or a trauma, you're going to kind of recognize it and know what to do with it more than not. Mm. We, there's no magic cure to healing wounds and past trauma to have this amazing birth. But I feel like awareness around it and a couple 
couple of go-to things that make you feel awesome is a, is a great start. So my biggest advice would be, yes, women know how to birth and, yes, their body's designed to birth and their baby and baby and body work together beautifully. And if you just kind of show up with all the joy in the world, you're probably going to be blown away by yourself, you know. Yeah. But if you as an individual need to unpack some stuff or educate yourself or align yourself with things that work for you, that's where you need to be. So you, you literally, you have all the answers. Yeah. There's so much available to us right now, right? Someone might go do the Free Birth Society program and that's right for them. And they might get transferred to hospital and they still know heaps of stuff and have this, you know, a, a transfer where it, still is a really beautiful birth I have some of my clients hypnobirthing couples say booked into a private hospital to birth and they have an unplanned free birth at home fucking epic like let's do that (laughs) and I often say in class give them nothing to do if you arrive at a hospital and you are really wanting an undisturbed birth but that is your chosen place you are in charge you have to have the voice for your own birth and for yourself It's not your doula. It's not the midwife. It's not the doctors. It's not the obstetrician. It's not even your partner. They help immensely if they're going to help immensely. It is you. It's the birthing woman that is fully in charge. She is the one with the voice. No one else. Yeah. No one else. And and a few, few, I I, I feel like if if someone's hell bent on me being their doula, I do get a bit worried. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Oh, I, I, well, I like to unpack a little bit more with them. Like, well, I like to return it back. Like, what if I, what if something happens in my personal life and I can't be there though? Oh, yeah, right, got you. Which has never happened, by the way. But what if, you know, it, it, why do you want a doula? And yeah. um, what's the most important part of having a, a doula? Like, I've been in the birth space twice for the same couple and that is just absolute compliment, right? Mm. But recently I, I sat with a mama and um, because she's pregnant with her second babe and they've come to the understanding and, and decision that they're actually going to be all right, they think. And that is a full compliment because she said to me, everything we've learnt through hypnobirthing and you having us, uh, us having you, sorry, as um, our doula for our first birth and they birthed at Gold Coast Uni Hospital, um, totally unassisted. Well, there was a midwife trying to get a Doppler reading when the babes was coming through and I whispered to her, you probably won't get a heart rate, babe, because the baby's there. Mm. And she sort of like was, oh, right. But she had to do that because that's on her job role. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's on her job role that she's working with, not the woman. I was working with the woman. But but my point is they're good. They got this. I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> So, you know, when I'm not hired, it's also pretty bloody good too. (laughs) Yeah, I love that perspective. Yeah, I I totally trust in that alignment process. Like I've got four women that I'm meeting with in the next few weeks. I've just met with one and uh, meeting with four. And it's like, you know, if if it's not feeling right for either of us, that's so okay. I mean, there are, you know, plenty of students that they might like to meet with. And that's also happening heaps right now. If, If I'm busy and I can't be in that, um, birth space with that couple then obviously I offer the student doulas um, and maybe align with a student doula which is yeah really really beautiful for 
the couple and the student, of course. Mm. That's so special, the community and village mm. vibe that you've created. Thank you. Thank you so much. It really is. Mm. It's special. Not a day goes by that we don't, you know, chat or meet or say hi or support each other or, you know, applaud all the little wins. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's really cool. And I feel like in the birthing community, birthing women deserve to have someone in their corner and wherever they're choosing to birth is um, their birth right and a doula can support them and nav- help them navigate that space, home or hospital or private or public or birth centre. Like that's up to the woman to, to choose where she wants to birth. Yeah, totally agree. What a joy it's been to have you on the show today, Megan. Thank you so much for all the incredible work you do in the birth world. You are truly a gift to so many women. And I'm so grateful to be able to share you with my audience today. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Sky. It's It's been absolutely fantastic. I obviously love talking about birth and what's happening. And um, I hope that, you know, some things I've said here today have inspired birthing women. I mean, like first time, second time, third, whatever. Yeah. The power, yeah, the power lies within you, honey. Just, yeah, go in there and find it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, beautiful. Chat soon, hey? That brings us to the end of today's episode. Anyone feeling inspired to become a doula in the birth space, you will find all of the information you need from today's episode in the show notes. A big take home for me from today's episode was when Megan was talking about the mama always being the one in control in the birth space. Not the doula, not the partner, definitely not the doctor, but you mama. You are the one who gets to make the decisions in your birth. The reason this resonated with me is because hiring a doula was by far the absolute best thing we ever did when journeying with our twins. Moran from Two Life Doula, shameless plug, was absolutely worth her weight in gold and supported us so incredibly. But, and this is solely a reflection I've made about myself and my own patterns, which might resonate with someone. I almost gave my power away because when we locked in Moran, I thought, you know, I've hired a doula, she'll protect me, I don't need to do anything extra. And even though she went above and beyond providing us with research and knowledge, I never really dove in as deep as I should have because I thought, oh well, she's done it, I don't need to. And that's just not how it works. Doulas are an amazing presence to have in the birth space and for the ultimate wise woman energy but exactly like Megan says you are the captain of this ship and be mindful not to look outward for the answers you need to get educated and do the work yourself clear whatever blocks you have to clear so that when it comes to knowing what to do next the only person you have to ask or look to is yourself I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you love PBA, we would be forever grateful for a review or a rating on your podcast platform. This helps us to continue this work and reach more women who need it. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know what you think of today's episode over on the PBA Instagram and I will see you all next week for another episode on Positive Birth Australia.